What up, geeks, fanboys, fangirls, otakus? Before we get to our next to this episode of Talk and Pop, I want to get over to a few things. I want to thank our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor, the easiest way to create and edit a podcast. They give you all the tools you need, and pretty much it's free, guys. So definitely check it out, anchor.fm. We also have a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash talkpop. You can start off as little as two bucks a month and get access to such benefits such as your own episode gets a shout-out. All you get to do your own topic. You also get a shout-out from myself. There's even an $8 tier. For $8, not only you get the topic and a shout-out, but also you get a promo code for a store on teespring.com, which is a promo code that does not expire. Use it anytime you want. Even when you go to our super tier at $10, you get the topic. Also, for that one, the difference between the promo code for the $10, you get access to Patreon-exclusive audio commentaries to such of our favorite films. So if you have one of those films in question, if you want to listen to our commentary throughout that whole duration of that film, subscribe to $10. Besides that, you also get a personal video message from myself or Biko. It could be something like similar like Cameo. It could be a birthday greeting or somebody got a new job or somebody graduated high school. And of course, around during this time of pandemic, why not send a message, a gift to yourself or even a friend or family member? And would you like to see me or Biko do a personal message? Kind of like Cameo, like I said, that could be yours for $10. Don't forget, and all proceeds go to support the podcast. That is patreon.com slash talkpop. And we also have a merch store, which is teespring.com slash store slash talkpop. We got shirts, we got hoodies, we got tank tops because it's summer. We got stickers for your locker or your laptop. We also got a coffee mug, and we got phones. We got phone cases for your smartphone, such as Android or iPhone. And all proceeds go to support the podcast. Once again, that is teespring.com slash store slash talk and pop. So let's go ahead and get on with the episode. Alrighty guys, welcome to a new episode of Talk and Pop. It's the podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, the franchise. Of course, joining me is my co-host, brother from the same mother, Biko. What's up guys? Hey, today's episode pretty much could be another one of those like news type episodes because... Oh, it's like everything is still going to shit. <laughs> yeah. As far as entertainment goes, but I mean, there are a few bright spots right now uh, that's going on. But the one thing I do want to see that apparently it was breaking news right now is, um, of course, this is the live action Milan film. Apparently, Disney announced, I don't know if this is true or not, but there are going to have. With theaters slowly getting delayed for reopening, but it is, that movie is going to be in theaters. But for Disney Plus subscribers, they're going to have a $30 tier just to get access to see that film. 30 bucks, guys. So you have Disney Plus. Now you got to pay an extra 30 bucks to get access to see that film. I just saw this right now, like, on social media. It was, like, comicbook.com, like, Center Breaking News. I'm like, what? So instead of having it for your paid subscribers, you decide you want your subscribers to pay an additional $30 to see the film. Because they're try- obviously they're trying to recruit all the losses this film was going to generate. Due to the you know the COVID nineteen and of course the theaters being closed, but dude, thirty bucks, man, just to access the film. <laughs> What's your take on that, Biko? About the uh, I'm sorry, Boa. That pretty much. Let me read this. This is like I said. This is breaking news from like. It's breaking news from you know, what they announced. Basically, what's going on is this is article of comedy.com because they broke the news. It was real that Disney will be doing a bit of both. Of, a bit of both in an unexpected way. By right? offering Mulan as a premier access release, 
through the Disney Plus streaming service, allowing subscribers to pay $29.99 to watch their film from the comfort of their own home. <laughs> which is also opening theatrically in some markets that have theaters widely open. And now, well, I don't know. What do you think of that, dude? <laughs> like, honestly. And now there's a speculation that Black Widow is going to follow the same way. Even though Black Widow has pushed to, like, November. <laughs> God. Well, two things on that. Um, that's funny that you brought up Black Widow. Um, actually, let me start the Black Widow thing. Um, that's, I find this funny because if they're doing this shit and they're pushing it hard for a character that already passed away in the universe that they made. Um, and look, I, I'm looking for. I'm always looking forward to any new Marvel movie. It's fine. However, this Black Widow movie should have been made a long time ago. Um, it should have. It's, it's unfortunate that a lot of um, films right now are being delayed and stuff, and we are still seeing that a lot of these uh, studio houses are pushing it. Um, but we all know Disney, since they control all that shit, um, which I can get to my other point. Um, I'm not mad that they're doing that. I mean, they have to, because they're not going to be able to get asses in the seats in the theaters. However, for them to up the charge, because I know they want to get uh, return on investment with the upcharge on being able to, they're essentially setting up paywalls within a subscription service, which is, I think is, it, that's I'm like, is Disney, are you just going to open up your own Patreon at this point? <laughs> because that's what you're doing. You, you do not need the money, you fuckers, but whatever. I, I can't be mad because, you know, they own Star Wars now, so I can't be that upset with them. But I'm going to be upset with them because they also have made shitty Star Wars movies. So, here we are. Um, but when it comes to Milan coming on, um, I'm not surprised at this considering they already have all the other live action things. Um, and Disney Plus is starting to put more of their content out again, which is smart because they, you know, started off at a decent footing, but only because of two launch titles that really put them on the map, right? Mandalorian and... Um, a lot of them, you know, they, they had a good reception. They had a couple of original original productions, but at the same time, it felt very lackluster because they still wanted to fall back on, like, oh, well, we got them on the Nostalgia Kicker. It's fine. It's fine. Like, they're going to pay the money. And, like, I don't doubt that. I get what you... Disney, this, your business plan has never changed. I get that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't... What bothers... What puzzles me are the people who don't see it and are because, you know, they're... They're stuck in the Disney like fandom lens, and, yeah. and I get it. Like I, I for one, every time somebody asks me, like, "Well, you don't like Disney or something?" I'm like, no, I never said I don't like. I don't hate Disney, but I don't love them either. They're very. Ever since Disney died, which he, they've taken it to this ultra capitalistic thing. I'm not saying that Disney never wasn't like that either, because it definitely were. But you and I know we grew up in the animation renaissance for them. And it was very important for everyone's childhoods there. But when I run into, and I might be going on my Bill Burr pedestal, but when I'm going and I'm meeting these adults that are around my age demographic, and they uh -huh. literally, and I kid you not, they will literally pay the extra tier to go to get season pass in Disney World. Look, if, you, if Disney World's like a happy place for you, fuck, fuck off over to Disney World. If it helps you relieve yourself of whatever the burdens of life are. However... You need to understand that not everyone loves Disney. Um, and then frankly, over the years, it started... Like, the mouse ended up turning into the emperor, and here we are. But 
in the case of the Mulan movie, it's cool that they're going to up it into their... Because you said Disney Plus is going to pick it up. Yeah, but in theaters too. I think the ones right. that the markets are like right. open, so which will probably just be to all the states that aren't completely locked down. You know, yeah. that are giving people the rights um, or the choice. I don't see it as a bad thing. That price point, I think, is a little steep because you're charging way more than you would at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And at least when you go to the movie theater, you get an experience because you're, you know, you're paying. For the the experience, you, the the updated audio quality, the the big fucking projector screen, the the convenience of having snacks at at your bay uh, as long as you got money. And I hated always having be other people there because there's always talking, whatever. However, thirty bucks for something you're already paying seven eight bucks a month, or if you have a free trial, whatever, that's a little much. Yeah, especially for something that you're. You're already paying for your own internet. You're already you're using your own bandwidth. You're paying a subscription price for Disney Plus already as it is. They lack a lot of original content because they're still staying on the old shit that's given the money continuously throughout these years. And it is what it is. I got my favorite movies too, but I don't. I haven't watched the fucking kids Disney movie in forever because, like, I think the last one I saw was Frozen, and that's because I was going out with this girl and she wanted to watch and to see mm-hmm. what I thought. Yeah. We both had the same consensus. Yeah. Alright. I see what's appeal, but it's it's a movie. It's 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 Disney doing what Disney does. So I think this markup is a little much. I think it's ridiculous. I think they're gonna get a lot of backlash on it, uh if they haven't already. However, you know and I know that there's still gonna be people fucking paying for it and wanting to see Mulan because you know what? It, the Mulan movie does look pretty cool. It does. It I like for the fact that yeah, cool. it's like I said, yeah, it's with the like it follows like when Disney like yo, ever since they started, oh, we're gonna take our anime films, you know, with the technology that we have, let's see how they look in live action. But it's like it depends. Like some films work well, some don't. Um, I mean, it all started with you know they, when Tim Burton decided to do Alice in Wonderland, but people don't realize Alice in Wonderland was more based on the books than the actual you know the old Disney the old like you know. Disney animated work. So, okay, that doesn't count. But it did a phenomenal job because Tim Burton, you know, honestly, yeah. great director. Um, but then you had John Farrell decide, hey, takes the thing of the Jungle Book, decides, I'm going to take the Jungle Book and follow a little bit from the books, but take more a little bit from the movie, from like the, from like the movie itself, like the animated film itself. But it's based on a book by Yuan Lar Kipping. But, you know, taking that, but having a phenomenal movie. But the problem was he did a good job because, you know, most of the, it was just one human talking to CGI animals. But he, what kind of helped that film is he had a phenomenal cast behind that film. And people that he was able to work with. Yeah. Too. So, bringing him behind the hand crew. They said, you know what? Since he did a great job, let's give him The Lion King. Yeah, Look at The Lion King. And Lion King did good. But I think what The Lion King was, it kind of helped too. With the Lion, with people were really like Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. Like Beauty and the Beast did well too because it was a musical. And the way that it did Beauty and the Beast live action or Cinderella live action was pretty much they tried to take that aspect and make it more like a musical. If you think about it, those old Disney cartoons back then were more like musicals because they had that music. That kind of like drove because, yeah, it was animated films. But at that time, like back in the time when those were released, so cartoons at that time were only in theaters. People didn't have TVs back then, so your luxury to go see, like, every Sunday, you were lucky that your parents took you out to the shorts and go see anime shorts. The Disney, at back then, he took that gamble and decided, money-wise, to try to translate these stories into an animated feature film, see if they were able to do it. Do it with a music, have a musical score, have a good writing team, have a good animating team. 
and the great cast to bring those characters to life. And he did a good job taking that step. And she's like, oh, now, you know, with technology now, let's go ahead, make the live action. But sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Aladdin tried too. And they try to get these directors to come and take these works. Oh, and, yeah. Like Guy Ritchie, they brought him to do Aladdin. I don't know. I have not seen Aladdin, so I can't give him my opinion on it. Yeah. I can't really say. I have not seen it. I have not seen Beauty and the Beast. So, yeah. The only live action ones I saw from the live action race was Lion King was the only one because I love the Lion King, the animated film. Yeah. To me, that was cool. But now, you know, with Milan, Milan looks badass. I mean, I've seen the animated film. I can see why they had to go with a different direction and they want to show Milan as a strong character, which I do like. And I think they took a little bit from the novel itself as well. But it's trying to take away the whole aspect of, you know, we can't make this a musical. This has got to be action, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just taking that concept. Like, it worked in animation. You can do so much with animation. You can do a lot of physical stuff in animation. But, you know, it's kind of hard to translate it to live action. Because, you know, you got to think, are you going to do more of action? Or you do like you did with the previous Disney films to do as a musical? Like Beauty and Beast Land, they work because there's more music. It's more like a musical. It does work. Lion King, same thing. Lion King's kind of like Hamlet. It's the same thing. There's some like Shakespearean oh, yeah. influences, but it's like a musical as well. Yeah. It's kind of like a musical as well. But I have a gripe about that too. But but like I said, if people are willing to pay the twenty nine nine a month just to go see it, just to pay the extra Blu-ray, I would just wait for the Blu-ray. To be honest with you. That same money you could buy, you could buy the because Blu-rays around they cost around that same price. You might as well wait for the Blu-ray. And you also want to know why too? Mm. You're gonna consistently be paying seven, eight bucks a month to continue to watch it if you do end up liking those movies, as opposed to just buying the Blu-ray and having it at its best present um, display, and you can watch it at your disposal anytime you want. And I'm not yeah. saying the subscription services aren't there either. I mean that's the problem that Netflix is facing now, but. Yeah, I agree. I just fucking, I don't see the point in in having to do this upcharge. But did man, I, that's the thing. It's just they're so Disney's so monopolistic. It's just so weird. But you know, if this is only if this is the way they're going to be able to push their stuff and their live action again, because that they they don't want to be. I don't know. They just I I hate this whole game they're doing when they just want to play the trend of having to go back and make all their old properties into live action things. And like you mentioned, like I didn't I didn't, I didn't watch Aladdin. I didn't watch any of that stuff. And because I, I just it doesn't appeal to me these live action remakes or reboots, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't appeal to me because it's like I've seen it. Movies are very hard for me to go back and watch over and over. There's only I have like maybe four or five I can do. That constantly, constantly, constantly entertain me. And half of those are mob movies. So I just like... With this Disney stick, I just... like. And you mentioned Guy Ritchie. Phenomenal director. However, you give him Aladdin. And and I have no gripes with the cast. They did their thing. And The Lion King. All that shit. I just... I find it so boring. And so like... Come on, give me something new, Disney. Mm-hmm. And like... It, it's It's funny because they've always done this. I mean, they don't, they don't take, none of their stuff is uh, originally based, foundationally based. It's all from fairy tales and stuff. And that's a fine. I'm not saying everything has to be original, but man, like, be creative. Like, uh, I've heard from several people who watched The Lion King saying it just felt very soulless. Hmm. It, it, it took away all the, all the things that made the original so, like, fun, unique. I mean, I loved The Lion King. When we were kids, I loved Aladdin. I mean, we fucking I loved playing the suit, the video games so much. It's one of my favorite ones ever. Uh, that we played in Mexico in the arcade and used so many fucking vessels. 
just trying to pass the game. I loved it. So for me to have more of an inclination or a nostalgic love for a video game as opposed to something that like will slap a, a, a CGI coat of paint on it and we'll call it a day. It, it like it pissed me off just as much as like hearing the Space Jam do shit coming up. But um, I don't want to spend too much on Disney Plus. But yeah, hey man, I'll power to Disney. I'll power you guys if you want to use your dollar to support that. Um, I'm just gonna recommend waiting for the Blu-ray if that's what you want. Um, I don't know internationally how fast it's either gonna open up for them. Um, if you are aware, America tends to be very weird with this sort of thing. We get stuff late, early because they got a pass. I don't know. Everyone's got to get their pockets wet a bit. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I think that's weird. But I'm not surprised. It's Disney. I'm not surprised. Um, especially with the Hamilton thing. Like, yeah, I have not seen Hamilton. I, so I, I just, I want to. It's just, I want to watch it in the theater. I don't want to fucking watch it. Because it's a musical, and I'm not the biggest fan of musicals. But, like, with Hamilton it being, like, fucking uh, viral since, like being such a big sensation in modern, you know, contemporary uh, theater, and mm-hmm. musicals and acts, like, I feel like those are the ones that either you watch Traveling Company do it, like the original cast company to do it, or you watch it in, like, its true form the way it should be intended, you know? Okay. And fuck me for being hipster with that, but I just feel like I can't. It's like, I don't know, I just can't. It's like watching a concert. Like, yeah, you can watch it old footage again on the DVD and have it, but it's like, it's all about being there. No, mm-hmm. and I think that's it takes away from that spark. But it's cool. Like it, it's great that they're they're on the platform. It gives Disney Plus a little more merit to have because they need the fucking content. They just came out and thought they were gonna just be there, able to rest on their laurels and and use their old catalog, which is cool. You know, I was able to revisit shit, but at the same time, I just was like, ah, eh, not too. And I would wa- like stop watching halfway. You know what I mean? Like, all that shit. It's just because I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not a... I don't know. I'm not... I'm just not easily amused as an adult. So, yeah. I don't know. Walking Disney. And then, um... Another thing that I saw... This is from IGN. Um... This is another from the video games. Um... Of course, you can know that Avengers video game is coming out by Crystal Dynamics. Oh, wow. The Avengers game. Um... Fans are up uproar right now because... It's been hinted as Spider-Man will make an appearance in Avengers. The but game or the... The video game, but only as a PlayStation exclusive. Hmm. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, because I think the reason why is that is because I think because Sony has video game rights to Spider-Man. That's what kind of like... So, like, fans are on the Xbox are locked out because they won't be able to have Spider-Man. But I think he's being added... He's going to be added on as a DLC. I'm assuming as a DLC character yet to get. Mm-hmm. But there was an article... IGN, actually somebody, um, IGN is by Jonathan Dorbush, he said, the, basically the headline article is, Marvel's Avengers, Spider-Man exclusivity is good for PlayStation, bad for players. <laughs> it's like, basically, and they announced that, yeah, it's, by announcing a hero exclusive to PS4 and PS5 players, Square Enix, because Square Enix, they own Crystal Dynamics, so it's by Square Enix. Um... So Square Enix and Marvel games that stir for stitches for non-PlayStation players and raise some odd questions about Marvel's Avengers future. Because of course now with PlayStation 5 you're gonna have the Miles Morales game. This is only fitting for Spider-Man to be appearing on the Avengers, especially if you're a PlayStation person. But it kind of sucks for people that have Xbox or PC. They're not gonna have that same type of feeling of having Spider-Man on there. 
Because what has it says here, I guess based on what it is, um, and brand connections is here, Sony like as far as publicly known Marvel still holds ultimate rights to Spider Man. That's why we can see the character appear in multi platform Lego Marvel superhero games. Superheroes 2 or Nintendo Switch exclusive like Marvel Ultimate Lines, but Sony has held the movie rights to Spider Man for a long time and looks determined to maintain that hold famously into brief dark times when Spider Man was going to be yanked out of the MCU. Only for Sony and Marvel Studios to come to renew agreement and keep them involved. And it says here, so like I said, it kind of it hints back to like the films itself. But like I said, it kind of it's not fair for PC and Xbox. Here we go. Here's what it says in the article. It says at the very it says, but for players, the very least is not so like it ensures a healthy player base for Marvel Avengers on PS4, PS5 going to 2021. Regardless of how the game is received at launch, the story of many games as a service has often written in the months years after. Game players on PS4, PS5 reason to check it out the game next year is biggest Spider-Man, which should be back even some players who had stick with the game after launch. And of course, I quote, but sure as hell not favorite players on Xbox and PC who have no idea that the stage that they will ever get to play as Spider-Man in the Avengers. They ever receive other exclusive characters to bounce things out, they'll just never see that webhead swinging around their games. Crossover between consoles is announced for Avengers yet, or between generations, so PS4, PS5 players can't play together. Cool. But right now, but not with Xbox or PC, because it's that, it's that whole thing, it crossed down as, um, crossplay is still, it's still kind of a touchy subject because like I said because <laughs> yeah, not many companies are I mean yeah, yeah. Nintendo Microsoft decided to have their relationship and sharing things like Minecraft and like other like Rocket League but Sony you know they're really well I feel like it's both both ways it's like I think it's fucking both. it's like it's because they still hold on to the whole console wars thing which honestly <laughs> this is not the 90s guys half of their probably their major demographic playing video games so them don't even fucking know what that even is <laughs> like unless they're that into the video game history like I fucking doubt it <laughs> they're probably like wait what like and, and like oh I just it's it's especially Sony like they just when are they gonna learn like you're only fucking you're only shooting yourself in the foot by limiting already and making cause you're only making the gaming playing field more bringing more competition and you're going to bring build up a more fan base to, or a more market a consumer base doing that like um this cross platform does kind of help because i mean yeah, you get to play against other pc it's people awesome you don't you get to play with your other friends who like the problem i have is most of my dudes have fucking ps5 and i my dumbass bought the not my, i'm not gonna say dumbass because the xbox one is a, a solid console but it's because I've always went Microsoft with that. And then once they went to Sony, I felt like a fucking fish out of water because mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell, guys? The minute I got my shit, you want PS5 or PS4. PS4, I'm sorry. And so now I'm over here, like, should I get the, like, the that one Series X or just fucking go to PS5? But mostly I can go on PS5 because it's just like, I think... It hits people more. It's because- I don't know. I, like, I see the things you appreciate about the PlayStation and its network membership and what you guys get. And frankly, like, I'm not, I'm not bashing my or Xbox because they did, you know, they do their thing. I've, I've, I've loved the 360. I've loved the Xbox. You know, I've never, I mean, I've never been limiting when it comes to video games. But like, fuck, man, I. I miss playing with my friends. I miss the camaraderie to keep up with them. Cause see, that's one thing it is. I Me, mean, honestly. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, if you guys are sharing the same titles, why not make those titles cross-platform? Yeah. Yes, you can have your exclusives. That's the whole gist of it. That's the only thing that keeps your sales going is because 
Yeah, you can't play Halo on PS4. Oh, I can play Spider-Man on Xbox. That's your clincher. You have your exclusives. But games such as like Destiny or Overwatch or like Fortnite, games that honestly is on every single platform, you can easily get more competition and more people playing against each other by making those cross, making those cross platform, making those servers open. Especially when it comes to multiplayer games. You can still hold on to your exclusives because that's your biggest kicker. With me, I have a Nintendo Switch. I don't know. All of a sudden, I started buying games for the Switch. But there's certain games that that Nintendo has, you can't get on a PS4. You can't get on, a, on an Xbox. Because the, what I like about Nintendo is they decide, you know, they're trying to be like, let's get all these indie developers in. And if you go into Nintendo eShop, there's a lot of indie games. And some of these games you can find on Steam. And it's funny how they're able to translate those games and move it, play them on the Switch. Because what kind of helped... Nintendo on this one for them to survive and for them to survive this long was the whole thing about portability and accessibility. That's what Nintendo is. They keep things, they look at what the fan in them is, and people like playing games on the go. That's why they came up with the Switch. Able the thing where you can play on the TV, also take it with you. May take it on the go. They decided, you know what, they thought this they thought it was too bulky. Gamers saw this way. You know what Nintendo did? The answer, Nintendo Switch Lite. But now they got all these titles. Coming to the Switch, games like that were on PS4, they're on PC, they're on, you know, Xbox, like, or Watch going to the Switch. Because people, they felt, you know, as long as you have a Wi-Fi connection or somewhere to Wi-Fi connection, you can play or watch on the go. But, like I said, just by simply opening up the server, especially with, like I said, multiplayer competition, it brings competition. It gives people an advantage. Do people have advantage on PS4? Do people have advantage on Xbox? We can never have that because they don't want to open up the servers. Because not many people play PC. I know there's a big core that play PC, and you see people play PC and competition and stuff. But if you had the cross capability of able to have Xbox player, an Xbox esports team, and a PS, a PlayStation esports team playing Overwatch on a cross platform, mm-hmm. you get a better competition. Because then you can see who has the advantage. But we're never gonna see that because no. PC, when it comes to esports competitions, they dominate the market. Thanks to, like, League of Legends. Thanks to Counter-Strike. Thanks to Overwatch. And those games are good playing on PC. Because you see those competitions, they're mostly playing on a PC. They're not on a keyboard. Those guys are great. Those pros are awesome. And you got Fortnite. Fortnite, it's the point you can play on your phone. It's like, what the heck? It's like, ever since they had Fortnite available on mobile, PUBG, that's another one. That's another thing that should be cross platform. PUBG could be cross platform between PS4 and Xbox gamers. Why not open the I know it. I'm guessing, oh, Sony's being, you know, they don't want to do it. But I think the whole thing that Sony, one of the things I do have to give them is the whole about vulnerability. Like, identity vulnerability. That's the one thing I think they're afraid of, that server's getting overloaded. That's why you guys need to come together, develop a third-party server that's able to maintain those platforms. Because you can create certain, I'm surprised they haven't thought of the make private rooms. They got a room where consoles against PC, or Xbox versus PS4, have three separate rooms. One one for PS4 gamers, one for Xbox gamers, one for PC gamers, and one for Switch gamers. Then all of a sudden, have another room open. Hey, you want to join a server that you can take on PC gamers? There's one server right there. Or say a second server. You want to play against Xbox gamers? Server number two. You have the technology to create all... You have enough cloud space to create these rooms. All you have to do is create these separate rooms. And as long as you like, say your buddies go like, oh, I'm going to go join this server room. I just tell them, hey, I'm going to go on Xbox. Hey, I'm going to go on PS4. As long as you're playing the same game, you should be able to play against each other or play with each other. That's all about combining the, the rooms, you know? That's as simple as that. That's my take on it. Like, 
create a separate server room for these for your cross platform. But honestly, it's like I don't see this being a console war anymore. It's more just people just wanting to see what the next big thing is. And the only thing that keeps the keep the only thing that keeps competition going is just the exclusives. And just well, now it's down to pricing. Now it's like it's become pricing has become more of a thing when it comes to console wars because we don't know what the price the final prices are yet. We don't know yet. And now with the PS5 announcing, hey, we're going to have a digital version and like one with with the disk drive. But it's like, we don't even know the prices between the two. Now the thing I read with the PlayStation 5 is, you can still use the DualShock 4 controller when you play PS4 games on the PS5. But the PS5 won't support, the PS5 games won't support a DualShock 4 controller. So it's good to have, because they want you to use that new controller. That's why too. But it's, like I said... With this thing, with the Marvel Avengers, like I said, it looks good. It looks phenomenal. It's something you haven't seen like an Avengers team-up game in a long time. Yeah, I'd be excited for that. But having Square Enix, who honestly has done really well when it comes to RPGs and storytelling, since the Final Fantasy series, such as working with Enix to create a Dragon Quest series, but taking it out properly like Marvel, making an Avengers game, which was a long overdue because even back to the movies, they were gonna think they were gonna do an Avengers game to coincide with the release of the film. But it just kept getting pushed back, getting pushed back. And now Square Enix decided to step in. Hey, we're going to make this game. Yeah. Which, that's good. Solid. I like Square Enix, too. I think it'd be, it's a good studio house. The production has to make it for them. So, I mean, but, I mean that's awesome. But you said it's... Now I'm going to... You see, now that it made my decision to go for PS5 even better because the Spider-Man bias. Mm-hmm. So, like, if that's the case, I feel like I'm, like I'm going to get my money's worth. Mm-hmm. Um... When that when the system comes out, hopefully, um, but yeah, fuck. I mean, come on, man. They just need to open the fences already. This this crossplay thing is gonna get out of hand, and to where that it's like, come on. Guys. Hey guys, and then one thing I want to say about this weekend. Um, you guys have TikTok? It's still working. Oh Remember? yeah, I actually have an article pulled up for that. There you oh, go. God, look at that segue. There you go. <laughs> um. So. It was over the weekend, I took a glance, I think it might have been Saturday. So, Microsoft has stepped in and um, talked to our <laughs> illustrious government officials to fucking go and buy buy um, TikTok. Or go and buy TikTok so they can prevent, obviously, if you're not aware of this, um, TikTok is owned and run by a Chinese business. And if you're not familiar with how business in China works, the government has its hands in every single business that is opened in China. Mm-hmm. It's like mafia, dictator, communist to the extent, but they make, but they make their money capitalistically. So, my, my, the U.S. has been really pushing to ban TikTok because China has installed spyware essentially to take data from all the users and stuff and especially since tiktok has been like essentially the new vine mm-hmm. um it's viral everyone uses it i i had it and i deleted it off my phone because fuck that <laughs> and i'm not and i'm not excusing america because they're just as nsa i mean snowden's only been saying it for years julian assange has only been pulling it but look all oh, they're traitors my fucking ass they are it's their government's fucked i'm not saying our government doesn't do the same thing they do mm-hmm um, but chi- for China to go in and take all of your user data, especially children, because TikTok, a lot of their user base are young teens and children. And for them to use that, because you can pinpoint location, 
um, obviously content you're you're viewing, your likes, dislike, all that shit is getting recorded and sent to a the government of China. So I I noticed that. They mentioned over the weekend that Microsoft wants to come in and, and make a do a buyout of TikTok to prevent China from, I guess, you know, data harvesting, which they always has done. So right now there has been a press bleep released from China, the, the state of China. And it says Chinese state media slams the U.S. as a rogue country for its plan to smash and grab of TikTok, um, which I'm going to pull up the article. That's on CNBC.com. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to read the highlights because obviously the article is going to be kind of long. But mm-hmm. the what I mentioned from the headline, they they labeled our, the U.S. as a rogue country and dubbed the potential sale of social media from TikTok to Microsoft as theft. <laughs> Funny that China's calling that shit theft when they intellectual theft property thieves. Oh, yeah. Um, State-backed China Daily said Beijing has plenty of ways to respond if the administration carries out its planned smash and grab TikTok. President Donald Trump gave the green light for Microsoft to pursue a partial acquisition of TikTok, which is owned by the Beijing-based ByteDance. So, the ongoing um, political tensions between China, the United States, several countries in the UN, and the whole world essentially... Uh, especially with the concentration camps that they're hosting right now in China as well. But man, China's just pulling this. They're, you know, they're they're putting a one-up on the fucking Nazis, or they're trying to because it's something disgusting, and I don't get it. And with everything going on, it's just 2020 continues to go down, the snowballing of fucked up shit. But yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on the TikTok shit, but um, yeah, so you... so. Our president is encouraged Microsoft to make the buyout or a partial buy of stock into them to take away the majority holding ship. But that I doubt China's going to let that shit happen. So, and as you can see, they're calling us a rogue country and it's just building up more tensions. So, we'll see how it goes, guys. Uh, if you want to keep TikTok on your phone, it's your decision. It's your device. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying our devices aren't listening to us as it is because they are. However, you need to understand what it carries with that burden. You need to understand. So, here we are. TikTok's going to be... So, uh, better, you know, if, if if the U.S. ends up banning it because they aren't able to do the partial buyout, then we might as well just, I don't know, get your get as many time as you can possibly do with the TikTok before it gets banned. Because I just see it. I see it getting banned. The more and more political tensions with China um, build up, I, you know, do what you can. If you love TikTok, it is what it is. It's your phone. It's your computer. You do what you can. Um, I do want to mention that, oh, God, man, just today has just been so wild. Hmm. Um, there was a, a huge explosion in Beirut, Lebanon today. Um, it's insane. The, vi- the videos are everywhere. It, it was in a major explosion in a factory that they're still trying to, they're still trying to see what it was because supposedly it's supposedly there's just so many theories going out right now already but it's it's a crazy explosion guys you can catch it on reddit you can catch it on youtube people have been posting crazy just type in beirut um explosion it literally happened this morning at a factory that they're trying to claim that it could have been a missile 
drop because there could have been a, a hidden a hidden missile factory mm-hmm. like that's been making you know developing arms and stuff like that but man dude watching this thing it was in fucking insane it the devastation it did it, it took out so many just it's so scary there's a video of a father in his apartment um praying grabbing his son trying to find a way to protect them because you know in this in Beirut it's just been you see you see the the instincts the citizens have to take because it's been you know they're used to living in a war zone and to see this happening it's so it's so crushing to see the father like praying to god and trying to trying to find a way to protect his son you know from the the impact of the explosion and around cuz dude you watch this mm-hmm. and immediately you see the power lines and then the after boom it's fucking insane like not nothing that even michael bay could have fucking produced in those movies it was fucking insane so um definitely guys definitely check this out it's it's crazy um so i send you know my prayers and best to the people of lebanon's capital like it's so scary man i feel bad for lebanese people it, it's just it's crushing it's it's so scary to see this but man just you know watch it and and just see how crazy things like this happen. Um, some you, some people are claiming you can see fireworks, but I think it's just the power lines that are surrounding the factory that could have you know it, the devastation. Man, it's scary. Um, but yeah, prayers out to the Lebanese people. As a guy on an ATV just rides past the house. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, prayers to to the people of Beirut and those who are affected. Um, scary stuff to see this morning. Uh, also, another t- thing to bring the fucking mood down. For there's been a 4chan leak today of a video f- with footage of body cam or body cam footage of George Floyd's death. Oh yeah, I heard it. Like a, a, like a lot of news articles are releasing it right now. It's like the body crazy, cam footage. even more. It's even mm. more crazy how the whole arrest even starts. It's and Floyd's in his car, dude. It's like. It's so fucked. They had the dude. The cops already had the gun drawn just before they even like. Yeah, look, they had a fucking shotgun on him, and like, just like why? But and then that that other video I saw yesterday Mm -hmm. that was that surfaced about um I I can't remember what town it was in. It was in Colorado, a a family of African Americans, a mom and her four kids, four children Mm -hmm. were pulled over because of a, a a stolen vehicle that was reported from another state. And they got pulled over and they put these children in handcuffs and having them lay down on the ground in the parking lot of a Walmart. And they ended up being obviously racially profiled and it was the wrong fucking car. What? The wrong people. And they, you just see these little girls, this little girl in fucking handcuffs, dude, crying. Why are you doing like, what are you guys doing? And oh my God, the Denver, the police department released an apology saying, no, these, all these officers will be reprimanded. And they're like, okay, sure. Saying all those things, and you just see these cops, like fucking these these humanless fucking assholes, with the mother of the child. Like, why are my kids in handcuffs? Don't put them in handcuffs. Put me in handcuffs. I'm not. It's like you guys got the wrong people. So it's a mother and her four children. How do you get the car messed up? Do you have computers? They can track the plates. Are you freaking stupid? Like you said, they were just racially profiled. Yeah. So I'm like, so we're like this answers the question. My ass that would that would never happen. To a fucking white family. I'm sorry. That would and never where does his taxes go to to fund this like equipment that these officers need? Fucking asshole. It, it just yeah. pains me to say that 
you know, all the taxes that goes to help to fund the police to get the technology need for facial recognition and like plate records and stuff. They couldn't least type. They must have typed something wrong. But like you said, I believe the fact that there was racial profiling. Honestly, dude, come on. It made me sick right now. Handcuffing kids, dude. Come on. Handcuffing kids. And I've been handcuffed numerous times. It doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable. However, mm-hmm. I'm not a kid. And I would never want that a kid. If I was a policeman, I would never do that. But that's why I don't want to be a police officer. That's why I don't want to be in the military because I don't. I I appreciate and grateful for the people who think and believe that they have a principle to go into these specific careers, services. However, I fucking cannot co-sign or honestly believe that that is even necessary to do to children. Mm-hmm. But here we are, fucking. Why am I not surprised? Another thing. So. And it's obviously going to get backlash. Like, the department, yeah, they can, all they can do is apologize, apologize, but fuckers, do something. Because you know, and I know, that's not going to stop happening. That's what's going on in Portland right now? Yeah, like, uh, man, dude, wow. Just, just wow, people, just wow. But, um, yeah, another terrible video that you should watch, just, just to take it in, because you need to get perspective in your life, and, and if you feel that... This is just, and it's a just thing to do. I think you need to open up your mind because until it, ha- and, and maybe it's because, oh, well, you know, they should have listened. It's like, fuck you. It's like, until it happens to you, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. And you, and if you don't want to know, whatever. That's up to me to decide. Um, but yeah, another unfortunate incident at the hands of the police when they have the power that they take advantage of. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's something I definitely want to touch on, especially with all this terrible shit going on that we found this morning. But uh, yeah, um, but I do want to talk about positive things this time around. <laughs> Guys, you uh, love Dwayne Johnson, right? The actor, former professional wrestler, former collegiate athlete. Well, motivational speaker. Motivational speaker, <laughs> all around nice guy. So, all around nice guy. Well, he did yesterday. He and a group of investors end up um, buying the XFL. Uh, this is a report from ESPN. It was a group including actor and former WWE star Dwayne Johnson has agreed to purchase the XFL for about $15 million, according to a news release on Monday morning. The XFL declared Chapter 11 bankruptcy April 13th due to the COVID shutdown. And the British seeking a buyer for the past three months, marking itself as a made-for-TV product that could transition as early as 2021 to a bubble concept during the coronavirus pandemic. Johnson and his investors, who include his business partner Danny Garcia, along with Redbird Capital Partners, are making plans to play next season, Garcia told ESPN. This is what she said, and she quotes, We're planning for it. The first female owner of a major American sports league. We're doing all the steps so that need to happen for the execution of that. We're also being mindful to what is actually has been successful. It has been really interesting to see in sports. When you create a bubble, your players are safe. When you don't, it's chaos. We are a league because of the number of teams we have that actually can create a bubble environment. Those discussions are active. It says here the sale must be approved by a bankruptcy judge at a hearing Friday. So, like I said, they have to get approved by a bankruptcy judge, but the way it looks like, it's going to pretty much uh, move forward. I mean, honestly, when XFL came back, you know, you know, I, it went back. What I liked about this version of the XFL was more what it should have been, just football. Short version of the game, basically more playing than taking breaks for TV. Like, it was cool because, you know... They had a certain amount of time, you know, 
the clock keeps going, a running clock. Versus, you know, stopping for commercial at the commercial at the commercial. And it's kind of cool seeing, like, interviews with the coaches, like, after the end of big places get their perspective right on the field. And, of course, hearing players are mic'd up. But I like the ballets. The rules were a little different. Yeah. Well, it was kind of cool. It like, it was, like, basically a faster-paced version of football. And something to give one once the NFL is over. So, seeing this happening, like, you know, it tried. But, of course, what kind of hurt it was, of course, the pandemic happened so now and of course they had to file for bankruptcy and then you know Vince pretty much just said hey F it I'm gone another loss <laughs> a loss from Mystic Man and, loss. but let's find how a former employee of his is ends up coming in and picking up the pieces but we'll see how it goes next year we'll see how it pans out now, having a star quality power is Dwayne Johnson who's doing a lot of shows a lot of programming investing and stuff I mean he's got these hosting the Gladiator games he's He's working with NBC to develop a show about his life when he was young, growing up. Mm-hmm. He's got that. He's got films. He's got, you know, like I said, motivational speaking. So it's like he's got a lot of this, and he's smart. He knows what he's doing. But having okay, hustle, man. good hustle, and like having him behind this thing. But remember, he played college football. He was a national champion with the University of Miami. So having that football background is probably going to help that as well. So we'll see how it goes in the next year when you know the if this deal gets approved by Friday. Supposedly Friday is when they're supposed to be approved by the bankruptcy judge. But at least that's one positive thing about it. Let's go. I know, Bigo, you're pretty much brought... no, man. It's just I know more, you gotta bring you gotta bring yeah. Shit. I mean, uh, I have another positive note though. Okay, go um, ahead, dude. Which so I haven't so obviously I was telling you today I haven't slept. Yeah. Since I was born. So, uh, yesterday I got into a YouTube rabbit hole and um, I don't have uh, the only sport that came back besides baseball, hockey, which I think baseball's going to cancel again because of the Marlins bullshit. Well, not bullshit because they are. Like, I have lower teams or, yeah, more yeah, teams like, are starting to. Out of all the things, baseball is. Uh, and, if, and side note, well, now that I'm talking baseball's about baseball. Baseball's the best social distancing sport. Yeah, exactly. Godfrey, God, one of my favorite. Shout outs to Godfrey, Chicago native. Uh, one of my favorite comedians of all time. I wish, man, once stand-up, hopefully if stand-up ever comes back, like stand-up shows, I, oh, I can't wait to catch a set from him. But um, he was talking about that. He's like, ain't, ain't, ain't baseball already socially distanced as it is? He's like, you're on the, he's like, everyone's separated already in the field. The only people who are sitting next to each other is the dugout. But that's not as hard as just having people split up. That's and what they did like, in the dugout. That's what they created the separate yeah. city. And then the base stuff, he's like, well, yeah, but the guy's not even at the base because he has to get ready for the play a game. And then after that, I saw like, wearing just, masks. Have them, just have them pop the face mask after while they're in the base. Yeah, but I, I understand. Like, it's hard It's hard to breathe when you're running with that shit on. I get it. However, <laughs> fuck baseball. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care about baseball. But that's my thing. I get it. Everyone, there's people who like baseball. It's because you don't understand, man. Like, no, dude, I understand. I played it for a year. I fucking hated it. But because it wasn't my sport. Now, I. But it's funny that like you know they they are already pretty distant as it is. They wear gloves already, so they're not worried about touching people. Maybe do one of those. Uh, they have those. They make like uh, those pull like you know the things that sit on your neck. The garters. They already have yeah. those made. I saw, like, last game I saw, like, as soon as, like, someone got into base, the first baseman already had his, he popped it up already. Well, there you go. Even the third base coach, the umpires are all wearing masks. It's like, I don't know how they're getting it. If these players are being isolated from their families and stuff, for the point of safety. 
Yeah. I just don't. That's what um, is doing great, which they're leading the way on, on, on providing those precautions. I mean, I've only seen great things. Like, the games have been... Like, I, I don't know, man. I know the NBA just started this past week, so I don't know. What's your take on that right now? Like, oh, it's... um. Because obviously I don't have I don't have the the NBA thing like full access, but they post their YouTube channel posts the highlights for the game, which are like at best ten minute videos, but they're all just essentially all the scoring like highlight plays. So you kind of get not obviously you don't get the whole game. Um, I played basketball most of my life, so like I watch it. It's like a fucking ballet to me. So like because I know exactly what's going on, why they do this and this. So when I watch it, I would love to get the full game. Uh, and it sucks because my beloved Bulls aren't in there, but I still get a, a kick out of watching the other the competition at hand and who's good and who's coming up, especially with a lot of up-and-coming prospects who are killing it right now. But um, I, for one, I think the games are fine. I, it, it doesn't seem too different. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, uh, like, dudes just playing at the gym. Like, mm-hmm. Pick up games where there's all heart and stuff, and I think it's helping the players really show that in in the way that a, a lot of like a lot of the games have been very close. Um, the Lakers have clinched the, the number one spot in the West. Um, the Bucks are the number one team in the East right now, so like they're the team to beat over there. And but man, I, I was watching a lot of at least at the YouTube rabbit hole I got him because once I started watching a couple of the game highlights. Mm-hmm. I went straight to the commentary, different people like Stephen A. Smith, different people talking, and um, a lot of people have the Clippers as the one thing that's going to really put a chance to the Lakers because uh, Lakers are facing a lot of uh, injury woes right now. Um, Rondo's out. Uh, LeBron has been really struggling right now with his productivity, which <laughs> I pulled up an article, Tacos Tuesdays he does. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Kyle Kuzma actually stuck it up. Uh, Anthony Davis is killing it. Like, they... And that's the thing a lot of the, the the sports commentators are picking at is the, the fact that, like, um, the players in the bubble, you know, they just got to keep discipline, all that stuff. Uh, a lot of players didn't join the bubble. They refused to do it a lot. Um, and I think I know in the Lakers' case, with Rondo being out and he was their starting point guard, Avery Bradley, who was a solid six-man to come in, he refused to go into the bubble because his son has respiratory mm-hmm. Um Problems and he didn't want to. Basically. I think it's going to take those like so, a family. And much. I'm sure, and I'm sure they're just keep knocking on his door to come back, especially with Rondo being out, and they need they need a strong guard um, to play. And Avery Bradley is a hell of a player too, defensive fucking one of the elite guards in the league. So or de- defense wise. So, uh, but no, I think overall I, the NBA is doing a very good job, and 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 like I said, the back to the baseball thing, right? Like it's hilarious how like those two sports are very contact that and hockey, and it seems like they're doing okay. I know hockey, there's a lot of equipment, but with baseball, they're freaking out and and like they can't get their shit together. The NFL, I don't see that coming back. Well, we're like, with the like, NFL right now, now with the NFL right now, they canceled preseason. Yeah, um, yeah, they had to. Team facilities right now, they have to adhere to COVID nineteen safeties. I guess with the training facilities. They have to alternate how many personnel they can have at a time. Uh, I know a lot. And what's cool about it is they're giving players an option not to play. Like the NFL is not going to force these players to play. They're giving an option. And I've seen a lot of players are opting out. I think the Bears are off. They have like few, three or four players are on the list. They're really? opting out. Patriots have about eight players are not going to be showing up. Because, you know, safety-wise. But it was cool. It's not going to impact their contracts. And what's, what's cool about it, it's not going to impact their deals. Like, deals they sign, either they're going to extend it a year because, you know, they're not playing. So their deal get extended one year. Or their contract gets moved up a year. Or something like that. 
I think that's the one thing, too, what the NFL is trying to do. Because they're still, they haven't said to the point, are we going to have fans attending the games? That's something they still haven't looked into yet. So far as you notice, like NBA, hockey, NHL, and baseball right now, they're not having fans at the games. Say they were soccer. They're not having fans. Well, it's kind of cool. I saw with the NBA, and I think in, so- in the Mexican Soccer League, they got fans watching through Zoom. So I wanted to get them watching through a special, like, room where they're actually showing like fans actually watching the games from their homes yeah and that's kind of cool because it being people are decked on their their fan gear and they're cheering when there's a play and i saw that in the nba like the highlights of the nba where they're they're play you see the fans going crazy on the screens that's kind of cool they had like led screens so i think gives the players at least they could see hey you know at least somebody's watching and for the fact like the nba you know it's like the nba mls all these leagues are having like Black Lives Matters, you know, presentations, which is kind of cool. Like NHL, same thing. Hockey, that was kind of cool. They had, like, I think it was, like, the, the Hawks and the Oilers game one of their qualifying. All all the all the hockey players and one representative took a knee. Oh, okay. They took a knee during, like, like I said, it's like... And it's funny because when people say, oh, they're taking a knee during anthem, but you got to understand, it's not against the, the flag codes. I saw this video. I don't know where I saw this video from. Somebody pointing out the flag code regulations. For the the U, for flag codes. Yeah. see, it's not against the flag code to take a knee during an anthem. It never was. Yeah. But it is against the flag code to wear a shirt that depicts your flag. Ain't that hilarious? How, like, the, the one thing they didn't want them to do is merchandise the fuck out of the American flag. And what's the thing? It's against the flag what's code. The, what are all the bros do when fucking 4th of July comes up? You got the dude in the American, tr- like, swim trunks, a fucking American. Yeah, you would say, baby, uh, back-to-back World War chants or some shit. Like, the most patriotic fucking uh, Trotsky-looking shit. Uh, Fucking American shit you could see at any barbecue. Just go to you can go to a lake house on Michigan, <laughs> and you'll see it. Like you or Wisconsin or Illinois too. Like you'll see it. Like you can go. You will, I'm sure you can go in your neighborhood, ride a bike or something, and walk past somebody's house, and you'll see somebody in that decked out. And look, man, all power to you. Hey, you could feel that way. And it's funny because that was the rules well, for the flag code. It's like against the flag code. <laughs> flag code, yeah, man. That's why it's like it's so strange to me that like because um, we have we have people in the military and our family we have people in the armed forces so like especially one of our like uncles that we're close to like he he does not hold his tongue talking back about the fucking bullshit that our government does and he served he served in Iraq he he was in Afghanistan he went he was stationed in Germany so he you know he in knows Jerusalem shit. he was like yeah, everywhere. He knows. We have another one who doesn't talk, bite his tongue either. In California, he's been everywhere too, a Marine. So, like, we have several people in our family that are in the armed forces. And we're, that's what I'm saying. We don't talk shit about it. We just, we support the people who put their lives on the line. We get it. We just don't support the people sending them. Because it's bullshit. Well, man, this is why I want System of a Down, the band, to come back. Because, <laughs> like, God, if you don't, if you, there's one thing you guys can do for me today, listen to the song BYOB and you'll understand all right, so, all right, let me go ahead. We're going to take a quick break. Make sure to listen to our dynamic ad, and we'll be right back for more talking Pop. Don't go away. Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise of Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got 
shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstronaut logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care. Hey guys, and welcome back to Talking Pop. Uh, I'm gonna take this time to go to my little segment we like to call Anime Corner with the franchise. Of course, I am an anime guy, I am an otaku, proud of it. Um, if you guys had the servers like Crunchyroll, and apparently they lost like a lot of the a lot of licenses to a lot of anime works, um, about 77 titles in total. But I'm looking at these titles, I think most of these are on my watch list. Kind of sucks because I have Verve. But lucky enough, if you have Verve and you have subscription to High Dive, a lot of these titles are owned by Sentai Filmworks. Um, which is kind of cool is, is um, if you have Sentai Filmworks, you have a High Dive, you might be lucky to find a lot of these titles that were erased from Crunchyroll. It's because now with Crunchyroll and with licensing, they're, getting, they're coming out with a lot of their original works. And they're spreading their stuff also on HBO Max now. If you go to HBO Max, they're starting to have a Crunchyroll channel on there, like a tab. And Crunchyroll tries to give you like the top tier anime, but they're starting to get a lot of their original stuff with based on the deal they did with the um, webtoon. They got that deal with webtoon to create animes based on the works. So if you haven't been to webtoon, definitely check out webtoon. It's like free. You get access to manga, manga done by people from like Korea because the company's based from from South Korea, but they do a lot of manga works. And the biggest ones out there are like God of High School, Tower God. Most of these ones are appearing on Crunchyroll's originals, but I started reading Tower of God. No, I started reading God of High School, which is about the fighting tournament. And the artwork looks amazing. Like, I, I watched the first episode of anime. I'm like, I gotta go back and read this manga. And what's kind of cool about Webtoon is it's like a digital book, so you can download it when, if you don't have Wi-Fi, you can actually download a chapter and read through it. It has a bookmark, so it puts you where you left off. Dang. They got a lot of like comics on there, different genres, based on your like. They'll give you recommendations. And like I said, it's free, dude. Definitely check that. It's called Webtoon. You can get your, I think you can get it on iPhone and Android. But definitely check it out. Like if you want to read like manga and comics on the road, it's done by independent artists. It's like it's just for them to get them out there. And yeah, sometimes they do. And sometimes they do like take like you can support the artists as well. That's you can donate to the artists as well, which is kind of cool. And, like, God of High School is still going, but I think the animator kept saying, like, <clears throat> they kept saying keeps, like, it skips a few chapters, so that's why I'm, like, going back and reading it. But because I'm a manga guy, I do read some manga. So, almost one of the things I wanted to point out, so definitely check out the list. Like, if you go to comic.com or Anime News Network, they have a list of the animes that are disappearing from um, from uh, Crunchyroll's, uh, Crunchyroll's list. They have the list on there. Double check if they're available on High Dive. Maybe Amazon. I know Amazon has a few of the titles on there. So you could probably buy them on there. Unless you have Prime. You probably could be able to access those anime on Prime as well. Because I think they have a few of Sentai Filmworks. If you guys are not familiar with Sentai Filmworks. They're the um, ADR company. Um, they're based out of Houston. And they work with a lot of these studios to bring the content. And they're kind of like Funimation. You know, Funimation is our group that brings you know anime to the US. To the West basically here in Europe. So ADR. Um, 
since I came out from the ADV films, which they were another ADR studio company. But definitely check it out there. Um, and I did, I did pull up this other anime thing. Of course, it's going to be all anime guys for a little bit. Check out this segment. Um, I just saw this on CBR.com. Um, with my anime, people, when... With me, I try to broaden my anime horizon, not stick to one genre, because if people don't realize, anime is just watching like sitcom TV almost, because they have they cover so many genres. If you like sports, you can love sports anime. There's like a lot, and most of these works are based off of manga or based on manga itself or even original works. But normally they cross genres. They have comedy. They have like sci-fi. They have the horror, like Uzumaki by Junji Ito, who's honestly kind of like hit like. Palmer is the Stephen King of Japanese manga horror. His works are being adapted with Adult Swim, but that's supposed to get pushed back to like next year or who knows yet. Um, but they have like genres like based on, you know, hobbies like laid back on Slice of Life. But the school ones are like the Slice of Life. They got romantic comedies. Um, they have, you know, like I said, then you got your typical fighting ones like Dragon Ball, like this typical fighting one. You got fantasy medieval you got real world type of thing you got sci-fi with technology you got isekai isekai means going to another world that's what the whole isekai genre is being transported to another world and then you got ones based on video games you know in a video game type world like a virtual world like sao's based on a virtual world but it's based on a light novel then you got like i said so i came across this list i'm gonna run down this list give a brief um so I haven't I saw mo- I haven't seen most of these, but I, I know I'm aware of them. I'm gonna read this list of what CBR put as like apparently this thing has been updated. It's called the 10 best romantic animes. And there's some on this list that I have seen or have it in my queue, haven't got to see. But like I said, I'm trying to expand my horizon in anime just to see what you know what's good out there and like anticipation. Sometimes these animes are one or two seasons, or now there's some animes. That have a strong fan base, they're coming back because a lot of these are based on original works. Um, the first one is called Welcome to the Ballroom, is their number one. I think you can see on Amazon uh, as well. Basically, it's an anime, basically, what I could read here. Um, it's about ballroom dancing. Um, basically, based on what I can read, this is a short description of the, of the manga itself. It's based on the manga called Welcome to the Ballroom. Um, basically, it, you follow this um, protagonist named Tadara Fujita. After complaining his lack of interest in common high school activities, he stumbles upon a dance studio. Tadara quickly becomes enthralled with the sights and sounds of the dance floor. He decides to act upon his one only interest by signing up for ballroom dancing lessons. As Tadara is introduced to world professional dancing, he seems interested in individuals and his personality changes for the better. Tadara's character development is one of the show's main attractions. So, pretty much, it's like one of those. It's a, I guess it's a romantic comedy, but based on what they gave these positives on it was captivating music, fluid animation, Tara's character development, accessible new world dance, and a key feature is ballroom dancing, unique animation style, and high school setting because it's one of those high school things. And it's based on a manga. I mean, based on this, it's like, I mean, the animation looks kind of different, um, different studio that made it. But if you're into like ballroom dancing, that's kind of your thing. Like I said, they animate like manga itself caters to different audiences. This is different demographics. Um, let me go. So number two, they have was Clanad. At the story, I heard about Clanad. I have not seen Clanad, but definitely they say it's one thing you gotta see the first one. I guess the after one, I guess it's a follow up to the first series. Um, pretty much, it's a mostly trash second season slice of life. So romantic um, comedy, not a comedy like anime. 
Um, trying to see. It's one of those things where they're trying to grasp like what's going on in life, basically. On those like sites of life, so definitely check that one out. Pretty much, the pros were like storytelling, character development, examination of human nature. Doesn't I feel rushed? Three is the Silent Boys. I think this is one of those like a music inspired ones. I think. Like I said, there's some down here that have not seen, but it's from that one studio, Kyoto Animation Company. Um, it's a movie. Also, movie. So I'm thinking it's on Netflix, I believe. But it's from that one studio that, you know, if you remember last year, it got, was a victim of a, a arsenic attack. Arsenic oh, attack. Yeah. Hero Animation. Yeah. So it's one of their works. It's basically it's one of those slice of life type of stories. It talks about topics from like such as bullying and suicide. Um, it, it conquers kind of those type of to- uh, ta- um, topics. Um, and it's two hours and ten minutes. But basically what they gave as a pro was tackles difficult themes, thought-provoking dialogue, easily concepts, audience, emotional investment, flawless animation, excellent voice acting, and score. And this is the one I had. Number four is what I have seen. I just finished the series like last week. It's called Toradora. Hmm. Um, basically, what I can tell you from my thing, um, the anime has been around in 2008. And it's funny because Funimation just put it on their service and Netflix just got it this week. And there's service in dub and sub. Watch it either way. The sub wasn't the dub wasn't that bad because sometimes when it comes to me, when it comes to anime, I like to watch it in the sub the original language. But if I'm tired and you know, if I gotta do something in the kitchen, I'd rather put it in dub sec. You know, it's kinda hard when you're watching sub and you're doing something and you you don't have time to read the words or the subtitles. So it's either way, it's perfectly good. Um basically it follows um the student named Ryuji and um you know he has this face that people see as threatening. But he's a guy, he takes care of his mom. His mom works as a hostess club. On one day, he ends up running to this girl named Taiga. And pretty much, they, um, she's short, but, you know, they find out that they have mutual interests where they both have crushes on their friends, on each other's friends. But eventually, this whole thing starts with, um, them applying together to say, hey, I'll help you score with my friend. You help me score points with your friend. But eventually it leads, it goes down the road where there's like this, this like romantic tension is between the two characters. I don't want to give away the ending. I felt the ending was kind of disappointing. I wish it would have been better, better done. And it was a short season. It was only like 20, how many episodes were? I think it was like 24, 25 episodes. I wish it would have done longer. Um, definitely check that out for yourself. There's some comedy in it. It's a romantic comedy. I, there's the manga. Definitely pick up the manga itself to get more of the story. But it's really good. I mean, it came out in 2008, but it's funny how it finally it's being ta- talked about again. But definitely check it out. Um, never thought I had Fruit Baskets. I know there was the original, but right now the one that everyone's been talking about more is the reboot. The 2019 version. It's like a reboot of the classic anime released in 2001. Which a lot of people keep talking and basically the whole premise is the anime focuses on the relationship between Orphan, Turu Honda, and the mysterious Soma family. It turns out animals of the Chinese Zodiac possess the 12 members of the Soma family. These members are cursed through virtue their animal forms if touched by a person of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, this has led to a millennial existence for many of the family members. So basically, if you have seen the one 2001, this is like a reboot of it. Um, they got most of the cast, the subcast for, for the anime. 
who did the original work in 2001. I think they got most of the voice cast in 2001. Dub animated work on it as well, but I haven't seen it. But when I talked, there's a lot of positives on it, and you can check that out on Funimation and Crunchyroll, I believe. I think Funimation, you can check it out the dub. I think it's also available on Hulu as well, but definitely check it out if you're into romantic comedy. One that another one they mentioned is Oran High School Host Club. I guess um I read about this earlier before we were recording. I was reading like a premise of it. Basically, um the scholarship student um Harari Fuchikawa does not fit in the mold at Oran Academy. After mistakenly opening the doors to the school's host club, she's invited as a member. And the funny thing about this club is all the, most of the mem- uh, pretty much the mem- the club is, uh, is compiled of charming men whose sole purpose is entertaining women in the academy. So I guess the way she looks, it says due to her masculine appearance, as she blends in with the club's other members. So she looks like a tomboy, mm-hmm. and they probably mistake her as a tomboy. I haven't seen. I think it's on Funimation. But I have to definitely check that out. But it says here it, it kind of like gives like satire, prestigious academy, and cosplay. Your name. I know you, Biko. We saw this film. That's number seven. Great film. It it was really good. That was cool when Funimation last year, last summer, they um they had it available for a limited time to watch. Um, your name is really good. Definitely something that you guys should definitely check out because the the same director, um, Makoto Shinkai, does a phenomenal job with the way he had this envision because he's done that one called Weather with you, which is kinda of like another film under his belt. Um basically it's a story where these teenagers are caught in a kind of like a body swapping thing. And basically, what kind of great is that they go through these different things and they pretty much learn from each other based on their perspectives. They get to learn about each other. And it grows up through the romance, but the problem is they can never see each other. But it's it's really good. And it's like it, it, it does like time travel aspect takes a place in there. And the animation is really good. Um, most of the pros are basically it's an industry leading animation, captivating love story, rural urban Japan setting, journey of personal discovery. The only thing they kind of knocked it was the supernatural elements felt force. But definitely check it out, it's really good. Your name. Number eight, is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? Um, this is basically, <laughs> yeah, this is the title. <laughs> um, basically, yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, basically, I've seen this so many times, but I do like it. It's one of my recommendations I give to everybody who likes, like, you know, who like video games, but like that fantasy style. Basically, um, I've seen both sub and dub, like both. Can't wait for third season. I've seen the the film. Basically, focuses on, you know, the gods. Um, they decide, you know, they want to live with the kids. They call the humans down below, or the people down below, or the inhabitants of the lower world. They're children. So the gods decide one day, you know what, let's go live among the children. Let's share their struggles, share their pain. So they decide to seal their powers and help develop, the help, you know, assist, you know, give guidance to, you know, the, the inhabitants, their children, and form these groups called Familias. And it follows this guy named Bel Cronell, who is uh, at the beginning of this anime. I don't want to give too much. He's the sole member of the Hestia Familia. And Hestia, she's um, the goddess of virtue. Of course, uh, if you look at Hestia... Yeah, she's kind of short, and she's blessed with a good-sized rack, I have to say. But she, the funny thing about her is she's self-possessive of Belle. And Belle, you know, he wants he's an adventurer, he wants to level up, so they get to level up, so it's kind of like that video game level, leveling up their skills. And one day when he was in a dungeon, a uh, monster breaks loose, 
and he gets saved by this girl named um, Eins uh, Wallerstein, who's part of Loki Familia. And basically the whole thing about this is, you know, he wants to, you know, make himself better to the point he's on par with her. And it's like a whole, like, there's kind of romantic element, but there's like these different deities. It's kind of cool. It pays homage to these different gods from like Norse mythology, um, Hindu religion, Greek mythology. And it's really good. Definitely the animation is really great. Um, it's based on a light novel. And I think there's a manga adaptation as well. And then there's the films. There's a spinoff. Definitely a good series to check out. Um, you can check it out on Crunchyroll. High Dive has the dub. Hulu has it. And I think Netflix has it as well. Definitely check it out. It's, the fight scenes are awesome. There's some humorous moments in there. And I kind of like that you go through Bell's development throughout the series. Like he develops. You go through his character development. Like the character development does really well. So definitely check it out. Uh, number nine. I'm familiar with this anime. It's called The Devil is a Part-Timer. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Definitely. You could definitely. I would say I would recommend it's a comedy. It's a romantic comedy. I just wish. It was, it was short. I wish they could have done more episodes. There's a manga of it out there. Definitely, I definitely want to pick up the manga. But basically the whole story is. I've seen this before so many times. I've seen it in dub. I have not seen it in sub. I might have to go back and watch it in sub. But basically... It takes the whole thing that is a kai genre, but instead of the the, fan, the person going to a fantasy world, it's the characters from the fantasy world going to the real world, and so to say. So basically, it follows the demon king known as Dalmau and his henchmen, and he has a nemesis who's Amelia, who's the big hero. And all of a sudden, based on the spell that he 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 did, most of them get transported to modern day Japan. So basically, Mao quickly discovers he has the depth to life on Earth. Or succumb to his new surroundings. And so basically he has to get a job. He and his servant pretty much get this rickety apartment. And then his he doesn't his nemesis, the Philo Amelia, she's working as a telemarketer, as a customer service representative. And Mal ends up like getting a part-time job at this fast food restaurant who's basically a parody of McDonald's. But he has caught the eye of uh, his um I would say his junior. And basically, she has a crush on Mao because she looks up to him, but she has a crush on him. And basically, the whole purpose of Mao is trying to find a way to get back to the, his world. And eventually, he ends up seeing his, his arch nemesis. Eventually, you know, she's not as powerful anymore, but it's really funny. It's called, it's really, there's some comedy in there, there's humor in there. It's just them trying to survive in modern day Japan. But definitely check it out. That devil's a part timer. You can get it on Amazon. You can. Check it out. I think it's on Netflix. Um, I believe it's on Hulu, Crunchyroll. And I believe Funimation as well. But definitely check it out. It's really funny. And number 10. It's funny because this anime just came back for a third season to end the whole series. Um, it's called My Teen Romantic Comedy Snafu. And basically, it's a different title for it. But this is the basically the Western title for it. <laughs> basically, the series follows this guy named... Um, Hikigaya, who pretty much doesn't want to like doesn't want to deal with the typical high school life. Um, he wrote this essay, which the teacher didn't like, because he feels that he's antisocial. He tried to open up to somebody, and basically, he sees that pretty much typical high school life is pointless. There's no point in having a girlfriend. There's no point participating. So his teacher ends up like putting him in this class called the service club. This club activity with this other girl, and basically, their their club basically helps people with their problems. And another girl pops in, and basically, the whole thing is about 
his development, going through all these social type of activities. But he's trying to maintain this whole, I don't care about anybody, you know, I'm all for myself. But thanks to Elf, he's joining us right now. <laughs> but um, it's real funny. Um, definitely check it out. They got the first two seasons right now on Crunchyroll and High Dive. They have the dub. And the third season just premiered right now. So definitely check that out. So that's the top 10 for romantic comedies. If you feel that something out there that didn't make the list, yeah, make your opinions heard. But check it out, the list on CBR.com. And take a look at these animes. So, like I said, I already saw a few of them, but I do recommend The Devil's a Part-Timer by Team Romantic Comedy Snafu, Toradora. Your name definitely is my top list. Definitely, definitely to check that one out. So, I'm, I'm going to turn the things over to Biko if he sees any, with his segments on anything Reddit or any life tips he has for, to share for us. Um, well, other than the other shit I found on Reddit. Uh, yeah. um, so... I wanted to bring something, some sort of positivity or some sort of growth aspect to the podcast. So I figured uh, one of my favorite subreddits to follow is Life Pro Tips because people do really put some um, useful things. Uh, and today's Life Pro Tip that I pulled up uh, for the episode is if your friend or coworker tells you they got a new job, ask them the start date and put it in your calendar. So you can text them a good luck slash happy first day message, which is awesome. So the original poster put, I know it'd feel nice receiving this, so I've been doing it for the past few years. I have a terrible memory, so I put an event on my calendar so I can remember to text them in that morning. Which, that's pretty nice. It's awesome because at the same time, you're, you're able to hopefully bring some joy to your friends or loved ones on a special you know, opportunity for them. And especially now with COVID app and everybody getting laid off or it's, it's just a struggle to find work right now for a lot of people. So... This is definitely, you know, something to give people some motivational boosts. Uh, you know, just a good luck goes a long way, I feel like. Uh, but yeah, definitely something I I wanted to incorporate more, uh, just to bring some positivity in this fucking world. Uh, and, and like I mentioned, it's something that I like to check out every day, because I have, I have gotten a lot of cool tips from that. And every day I always, I have my websites I can check that, give, that offer me links to cool shit, so... And, and very educational things. Uh, but as far as Reddit goes, I mean, the only, as, as far as all the stuff that I was talking about earlier about the, the crazy things that are happening, um, the one thing I do want to mention from Reddit that I found and that's going crazy viral is uh, our good fucking Donald Trump, our president, uh, over the weekend had an interview with Axios, which is a company that... Um, that streaming the interview on HBO right now. Uh, it's he he sat down with one of their one of their reporters for an interview and he was able to. They sat down and he got questioned about you know COVID and his response to all this happening because he's the president. And if this isn't one of the most cringiest things you'll ever see today, you'll know that at this point it's crazy how. <sighs> that there's still people who are supporting this this jackass that like it, it's whole it, like just to show the intellect I I know every president has to do a, a cognitive test and and he he proved it here in this interview um, I believe it's like almost an hour it's not so long but the uh, the interviewer who's from Australia did a very good job you know questioning him and he was providing these basic you know 
he was giving he was lobbing him up some softball questions about like pretty basic general questions about the COVID response in America and how and like Trump just fucking oh god it just it looked like I was a second grader trying to like get out of a of something he did wrong or she did wrong and it's just so cringy. But this is a 70-year-old-something man who is the president of the United States. Like, what? And watching it, man, I cringe so hard. Just comes up like, this guy made it to the highest position in this fucking country. And he talks and he acted as if he... I, I don't know. I just... I get, I'm not surprised and I'm surprised by this guy. Just the subliminals he doesn't understand. I, I don't know, and it, it's fucking cringy. Watch it. It's the Axios interview on, with Donald Trump on HBO, but it's gone viral. I think you could probably watch it on YouTube by now. Mm. There's some people cl- clipping certain segments in that in that interview where like, because there's a part there's a point where the he's like Trump's holding these like four pieces of paper that has like data and statistics on what's going on, and the Australian the, the I hate like the country doesn't matter. The, the interviewer. He's asked, like I said, he's at least just giving them basic questions you would ask in something like this. And Trump just drop, like, doesn't understand. I don't know what it is. He just, like, can't answer it. He just says, I don't know, man. I just don't think this guy's very smart. But he's sitting there and, like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? It's per pop, you know, it's, it's yeah, it is lower. We're, you know, we're, we're doing the best with this. Like, we're the best. At this, at this. No, we're not. And he's bringing it by population standpoint, yeah. And he he brings up a good point about South Korea and their response with the uh, with the pandemic mm-hmm. going on. And because uh, the 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 interview was trying to show him at least with one segment that I caught is that the that like stuck out to me at least is the fact that he brings up the 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 ca- reported cases per capita based on the population size. And Korea has he thinks I think he said five billion people. Mm. But they've only had 300 cases. And so he tries to explain that to Trump that America, based on our population size, we're doing terrible because of the reported cases and deaths. And it's only going up. Uh, like, for instance, in Chicago, 15 or 1,500 new cases have been reported of COVID here. So the thing I'm afraid of is that we're going to go back shutting it down. Um but yeah, please go watch this interview or watch the clips that people have been posting because Twitter went and fucking... Up. And I'm not even on Twitter, but the people that are reporting it, Twitter went fucking ham on this on this interview. And the fact that this people are still trying to like write it off and like, no, that's not true. You know? I was like, no, you guys are just delusional fuckers. But um, yeah, definitely watch this interview. Uh... The at least in Illinois news, uh, our governor is gonna he he was talking about maybe putting a fine on people who aren't wearing masks in in places that deem necessary to wear masks, and they might slap like a two hundred fifty dollar fine on it. So uh, come on, guys, just fucking put it on. Whether you agree with it or not, just fucking put it on. God, you're acting like this is the worst thing you could possibly go put on your face. Like it's the hardest fucking thing to do in the world. Like if if that's the hardest thing you have to have to deal with in this life is telling me telling you to put something on your face, then uh, that's privileged as fuck. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I wanted to just to show you 
how important it is to pay attention to what's going on with the world and how things are changing for the most part. And uh, it's, it's like we're watching the drain going down a funnel and these people are still holding on. They're still holding on to what, what they want to fucking hold on to these bad ideas of, of just bad ideas of racism, discrimination, it just bad ideas. So hopefully, you know, the, you know, progress is progress has to be made, but it's never easy. And you have, it's, it's, you gotta be comfortable with being uncomfortable and we have to have these discussions. So that's, that's all I found that like everything today that I was on Reddit has just been so fucked. <laughs> so like the NBA has at least been giving me something to, look forward to and watch again and even if it's on youtube so i don't know that's what i would have at least for the segment okay so um, this is something i want to do new um to help with our brains i decided you know what um let's we're gonna we're gonna close each episode now we're gonna dedicate at least like the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes um, I found this website called random trivia generator.com i guess um there's different categories and it generates different like trivia things every day. So I decided, you know what? I'm gonna play a game with Biko. I'm gonna try to do it like this week will be his turn. Then next week will be my turn to answer questions. So I decided to pick from the entertainment category. I'm gonna randomly pick these questions and see if he can answer. Pretty much, you know, try to test our brains. And since we are on a pop culture podcast, um, we might as well just focus on entertainment. But um, they do have different characters like arts and science and stuff. But since, like I said, we're pop culture, so we're going to do these random. And like, like, like I said, just go to randomtriviagenerator.com. We're not sponsored by them by just something I just saw. So it's like one thing to kill time or do something with your friends. Um, kind of like Trivia Pursuit, but for a new generation, basically. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to answer. I'm going to give Biko about 10 questions here. And the first one will be was, what color is the car that Starsky drives in the TV show Starsky and Hutch? Red? That's correct! Oh, <laughs> like, uh... In the TV show The Simpsons, who is Chief Wiggum's wife? What? Yeah, you can just give a first name. You don't have to give a last name. It's the same thing with Wiggum, but... Oh, oh my god. The wife? <laughs> the wife's name, dude. Is it Wendy? Nope. And it was Sarah. Oh, fucking basic. Alright, Sarah. What was Robert De Niro's nickname in the movie Casino? Why am I fucking forgetting? This? I haven't seen Casino in so long. Oh, can I... fuck! I don't know. Trying to blank. I don't know. I can give you. A, I can give you a clue. All right. Um, it's one of the names in a deck of cards. Uh, oh, a fucking Ace. Got yeah, it. Wow. There you go. Wow. I'll give you a hint, like a random that was hint. The mob's nickname guy, the mobster that was he was playing. I okay. okay. Number four. According to the Simon and Garfunkel song, who loves Mrs. Robinson more than she will know? Garfunkel. Mm-mm. Mrs. Robinson. No, Simon. Jesus. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, you gotta listen to that song. All right. Oh, come on. Just, I, I'm, I'm for question five. You should definitely get this one. Who directed the 2009 movie Watchmen? Oh, this fucker. Zack Snyder. <laughs> God. 
Okay. Yeah. Number six. What city was the setting for the film Die Hard? Wait, what city? Yeah, what's the setting for the film Die Hard? It's not New York, is it? It's in Chicago? Mm-mm. One more chance. I'm going to give you three chances. In Die Hard? Yeah. Is that Philly? Nope. It was Los Angeles. Oh, for fuck's sake. Okay. I'm going to give you three, okay? Eh, of course it'd be LA. All right. Okay, number seven. Who is Jason Schwartzman's mother? I don't know if you'll get this one. Jason Schwartzman's mother? Yeah. I don't know. What the hell? I know who he is. I don't know his parents. Fuck. See, I don't know. I don't know. Talia Shire. She an actress? I'm assuming she's an actress. Mm. No. no All right. Number eight. Who does Emma Watson play in the Harry Potter films? Hermione Granger. I don't even watch Harry Potter. I know that shit. What 1994 cult film feature a day in the lives of characters Dante and Randall? Oh, Clerks. Ooh, and big shout out to Kevin Smith who celebrated his 50th birthday last weekend. Yay. Big 5 big dude. Congrats. Alright, number 10. This is going to be the last question of the day. What TV show takes place in the fictional city of Mellonville? Um, Mellonville? Yeah. I don't know if you'll get this one. But I will give you a different is question. Animated? I'm assuming this is from... I never heard of this... But I'll give you a different question if you don't. If you yeah, want. I don't. I don't fucking know. Okay. I've never heard of that. Let me see if this one that could probably get. Mm-hmm. Let's see if the last. Okay, what double word song title was a hit single by the Thompson Twins? Hold me now. Wait, no. What did you say? Double what? What double word song title was a hit single by the Thompson Twins? Double word? Yeah. Talk, talk. No. That's two. Got more. Bam, bam. Doc, doctor, doctor. Doctor, doctor. Can't you see him Damn it. Why the fuck did I blank on that? Oh. Okay, here's no. I'll give you one more. So this is like, I mean, obviously, hopefully you get this one. Um, <laughs> this is an easy one. Who killed Count Dooku by cutting off his head? <laughs> My boy Anakin Skywalker. There you go, guys. Yeah. That, that was 10 questions. So basically, we're going to do like, this is going to be a segment. Oh, makes me feel not 10 trivia questions. So we're going to do this like every segment at the end of the show. We'll do a 10 trivia question. But if you have a trivia question for us, if you want to submit to the podcast, you can check us out on Twitter at Pot Talk and all one word. If you want to submit your trivia question, we'll feature it in a future episode. But we're probably going to do this. So this was Andy's turn. So well, Beagle's turn. But next week will be my turn. So it'll be his turn to, qu- to quiz me. Mm-hmm. So I will say that's it. Um, That's it for you guys. Um, Have a good rest of your week. Like I said, you can check out our Patreon, support the podcast. Like I said, you can follow me at the franchise eighty five on one word. I am a game casual gamer. You can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash franchise six eighty five. I am the casual gamer. Like I said, you can check out our, our Facebook page for the podcast at facebook.com slash talkingpop. We post links to the episodes and pretty much any like things that we have concerning the podcast itself. Like I said, once again, you can support us on Anchor. You can support us on Spotify. Give us a good rating on Apple. 
You can support us on Patreon itself. Like I said, it's as little as two bucks a month. And like I said, it goes to support this podcast. Like I said, that's it for this week. Have a good week. Stay safe. As long as there's pop culture going on, there's a lot of stuff for us to talk about. As always, geek on, take care, wash your hands, and I'm going to keep saying this until things changes to make. Black Lives Matter. Have a good one.